you get one shot at this life. And so make sure that it's something that you want to be doing. Welcome to Starved Doubts. This is Jared Easley. I'm your host. And today my guest is Gully Calcran. I hope I said that right. You did. <laughs> Gully, you're known for your social media handles or lessons from a quitter. Yeah. And so that was one of the first things I noticed about you is like, I love the idea that you're admitting a that you're a quitter. And there's times when quitting is actually a positive thing. There can be so much negative connotation with quitters. And I hope we get into that in a little bit. But first of all, there's going to be people like, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know about what's going on. What do you tell people when they don't know? Well, what, what do you I tell people about my, myself and my podcast? So I am a former lawyer. Yes, you and are. And I quit to kind of figure out what it is I really wanted to do. And I wasn't very happy in that role. And so I mm-hmm. went on this you know, sort of long journey that took me to entrepreneurship. I started a business and I ultimately started this podcast because I really wanted to highlight because I saw so many other people that were stuck in careers that they hated, but because they'd spent so much time climbing that corporate ladder or getting the degrees and getting to a place that was quote unquote successful, they felt like, you know, I have to stay here. And I would get so many people asking me like, how did you leave? I wish I could quit. And so I wanted to really highlight and show people that like just because you made a decision at one point in your life doesn't mean that you can't change Mm. and start over and do something else and figure out what it is that you actually want to do. I want to unpack that for a moment because you put a lot of time and energy investment resources in becoming a lawyer. Yeah. So to get through all of that and become Mm -hmm. a lawyer and then be like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Like that for some would be like, but you've gotten to this point. For sure. That's the biggest thing. I think that But what that is, is, I mean, that's a sunk cost fallacy, right? Regardless Mm. of what you do from this point on, you're not going to get that time back. You're not going to get that money back. So a lot of people get stuck in that. And it's like a dread. It's easy to do. Yeah, it's easy to do because you, like you said, I mean, you've put so much into it and you don't want to see it wasted. And and I think from other people's perspective, too, there's so much pressure. Everyone looks at you as like you have something that is successful. So it's like, are you crazy to walk away from that? But what I, what kind of made me when I was making the jump, my husband said something that was really kind of snapped it into focus for me hmm. was, you know, he was I appreciate like, you giving tribute to your husband. Yeah, oh, he's, <laughs> I, I always say it. He's like the rock. He was the reason that I even went yeah, on this journey. Husbands need love too. Yeah, no, he's, so, he's incredible. Good. But he had said to me, cause I was saying, I was saying that stuff like, you know, I spent all this time, I spent all this money and he was like, so you're going to spend the next 35 years of your life doing something that you hate because you spent 10 years getting like that doesn't make any sense. And when you say it like that, that's the truth. You know, it's insanity to say I'm going to waste the rest of my working life doing something just because I don't want that, you know, that first portion to be a waste. And I think once you start reframing it, you realize, you know, and look at it as a waste. Honestly, like a lot of the stuff, it's like all of the education, like everything that you do gets you to a certain place and it molds you and it, and it, you know, informs on who you become. And I think, I mean, I still use a lot of the stuff that I learned in law and my practice of law. So it helps me. But at the end of the day, if I just sit and dwell on what I've like wasted, then I'm going to waste more time. So it's very likely someone listening is saying, that's me. I've <laughs> just got through the last 10 years yeah. and I'm not so sure I want to spend another 10 years. Right. Uh, what do you say to the person that comes to you and says that they raise their hand and be like, I'm, I'm stuck. I, yeah. I, I don't know what to do. I, I get that all the time. And that's right. like the number one thing that people reach out to me. And one of the things I say is like, because what's also in addition to that is a lot of times when you've had your head down in one thing, when you start to look up, it's like, I don't know what else I would do. I've never thought about it. You know, I've been doing this for so long that I don't even know what else is out there. And so that also keeps people stuck. And what I just, 
I think the first step is understanding that you have agency, that you can leave for so long. I think what keeps people stuck is just thinking like somebody likened it to a caged bird with the door open. You know, like you think that you're caged, you think that you can't leave. Like there's this idea that like it's insurmountable. And once you realize and just accept that you can and you have that power and you can walk away whenever you want, it's tough. People are going to, you know, you're going to have to deal with naysayers. You're going to have to Mm -hmm. deal with a lot of your own doubts. But it is possible. And once you make that decision, then you can let go a lot of that energy and focus that energy on what you want to do next. But it's like you've got to get to the decision first. You've got to get to a place where you're brave enough to say, I am going to leave. Yes. And then move on. But I think you're a very prudent person as well. Yeah, I, I don't think you would suggest, okay, just leave and no. then try to figure out no. what you're going to. So so what's an opinion or what advice is? Yeah. That's a great, works for you or, or that you yeah. see as working and That's a great others. question. And I always say this too. I think that a lot of times we spend so much time in stuckness and just being miserable and like hating our job and, and thinking about that, that I always feel like, say like, put that energy, like even while you have your job, you know, stay right. in your job, give yourself a year and say, I'm going to spend, now that I know that I want to leave and I've made that decision, I'm going to spend the rest of my time, the nights, weekends, anytime I have really exploring what it is you want to do, create like a financial plan of like how much time you need in your current situation in order to be able to leap without it being, you know, unwise or really scared. Putting you in a bad position. exactly. Like get your ducks in a row. But I feel like a lot of times I've seen so many people that I talk to get so emboldened because when you're working towards a plan, then it's like, okay, I can handle another year if I know that this is going to be my last year and I'm going to be spending that time pursuing other avenues, doing a bunch of like coffee dates with people that I want to see what their job is and see if I can get an in, taking courses online to see what my next thing is going to be. As opposed to like, I feel like so many of us, myself included when I was doing it, it was just doing the job, coming home and complaining about the job and hating it, dreading getting up, you know, in the morning or on Sundays. And then it's like, that's not going to get you anywhere. So at least spend that time Mm. figuring out what that plan is. Did you know what the plan was? (laughs) How did you determine that? I mean, that was the toughest part. It took me a a year. I mean, I'm still discovering, you know, it took me a year to figure out that I wanted to start a business. And I I went through, I went to a million meetup groups. I went to all these places to see like, what is it that I like? Because I'd never done anything else besides law. And so I started doing online courses. I read books. I did all this stuff. And it really was the first time. I mean, it was such a personal development journey Mm -hmm. just to like, not only like shift my mindset and really for the first time start asking myself like what is it I like to do like who am I outside of law what things do I want in a career and I mean it was such a slow and a very difficult journey I'm not trying to say it's like it's easy because there's so much self-doubt and there's so much like your monkey brain kind of just running like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do you know figure it out and so for somebody that's type A like me and that's always had a plan and right. always worked towards it, it was a really difficult journey. And like, and I say it now, like I started a company that's unrelated to my podcast. I still don't know what I want to do, you know, like with the company, with the podcast. Like, I Are feel you like at in, liberty to say what that is? Or, uh. Yeah, the company, I manufacture photo booths for, um, oh, that, yeah, for event like spaces. Fun. It is. It's very yeah. fun for retail spaces. It's been, you know, an MBA for me in figuring out (laughs) branding and sales and manufacturing and all this other stuff. And it's been great. But the reason I say that is like, Hold on, where where can people check that out? Because I think that's cool. Yeah. Oh, you can check it out at SIE Booth. It's U-S-I-E Booth.com. U-S-I-E? Yeah. Like an USI instead of a selfie. It's a group. USI. USI Booth. Okay. So the reason I say it though, is that this was my first foray into entrepreneurship and it's been an incredible experience. 
But like, I can't tell you what I'm going to be doing in five years, which is actually like the coolest part for me now, because I don't know. I feel like maybe the business will grow. Maybe I'll pivot to something else. Maybe the podcast will turn into something. But, you know, it's I'm still kind of figuring out like, what is it? What do I want to be when I grow up? You know, and I don't think I have to like limit myself to one thing. Well, I love the fact that you're curious and you're willing to ask questions. And I think that uh, is a nice segue into some conversations we've had before where you're asking for possible connections and and you're very strategic with with who you're wanting to connect with and and the reasons why. And so I I want to just hear from you. Uh, You don't have to give any specifics or whatever, but how you approach who you like to connect with and, and what are some methods you use to create those connections if they're not just right there available to you. Yeah. I mean, I think that I've learned through this process that I, as much as it makes me uncomfortable, have to put myself out there and have to be really, I don't want to say the word is not aggressive, but I think for so long, like I didn't want to burden anyone or bother anyone. Mm, And I I also didn't want to look like, you know, I'm being too needy or whatever it is that we've like these stories that we've created. And I, as I'm going, well, and that's because there's a lot of people that do exactly. Yeah, they and, do it. There's a lot of bad examples. Of right. That. Yeah. And like, yeah, because and I don't want to like just be like a taker and and, right. and that kind of stuff. But I'm so passionate about my podcast that I really want to grow it. And so I started really looking at like what are the ways that you can grow. And I've just learned throughout my life, throughout law and with the business, that like working is everything. Like the people that you know, mm. like one, it's just incredible how like certain, like knowing certain people can open up certain doors. And I know that to be true in any arena. So when I approach it, it's like I start seeing, I just like as I go along, see like, you know, where is my audience? What, like, how can I get to them? And like, who's that gatekeeper? Who's going to be the person that like is with that? Can I offer them any value? Is there anything I can do in order to like create a good relationship with that person so that, you know, it could be mutually beneficial and I can figure out like, and so it's all like a learning experience. I mean, I don't think I have any like strategy, but I do think like as I go along, I see certain people that I'm like, oh, you know, these I look at other podcasts that have come before me and uh, how people are marketing their stuff. And I try to like reverse engineer and see like, how do, how can I get, you know, into this publication or how can I start spreading the word about my podcast the same way this person did? And I just see like who the people are that are connected with that. And I think the biggest thing is I just reach out. I now like, you know, send cold emails and follow up with people on social media or LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and and see if I can make things happen. (laughs) Well, I got to applaud your patience (laughs) because you and I had a lot of back and (laughs) forth before we actually got on the phone. And part of it was guilt on my end because I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to tell this person that I'm not willing to chat (laughs) because I was willing to chat. You just caught me at a, you caught me several times. and, and, And then at some point, it's not that you caught me. It's just, I'm just being... I'm not being respectful by not getting back no, to you. I so I, it really, really made me like, oh my God, I pack your bags, we're going on a guilt trip. You are, so. <laughs> you, you, you are being so, way too hard on yourself. Perhaps, I think that, but I, I did feel guilty. Oh, you shouldn't so, so the story is you'd reached out and I didn't get back to you. And then there was a couple of times we were going to try to sync up and then I failed <laughs> in those syncing opportunities. And so I think the story is you're unbelievably patient and that's, I think worked in your favor because well, because of your patience and your willingness to forgive. Now we have a friendship <laughs> yes. and I'm thankful that we can laugh at this table about that. But yeah, I'm glad that you did not just say, okay, forget this jerk no. and that you were still willing to be my friend because I appreciate what you bring to the table and I love your story. Thank and I think you. what you're doing is strategic and smart. And I think that is 
part of what over the long haul is what helps people to do well. Yes. And so I want people to get that. And I hope they capture that from hearing you and hopefully checking out your stuff and so on and so forth. Great. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I'm glad yeah. that we finally got to connect in person. And yeah. I don't, again, I think that you are being, you've, you've been kind from the beginning. It was just circumstances. <laughs> Part but of it his is, guilt. <laughs> I do think that a lot of this right. is like the long game and it's just being patient and just doing things slowly. I think a lot of times we want things to be like viral and go big, mm. but it's all just like a slow build. I have learned some of this the hard way. There, there's been decisions I've made where I'm like, well, this person doesn't have time for me, so therefore I'm not going to worry right. about them. And, you know, I, I always haven't had the right attitude. I've had to go to people and say, I'm sorry. Right. And say, you know, when we talked before, I was a little bit arrogant or I, was, I wasn't very kind or whatever. And, and uh, that's humbling, but I've realized now, you know, that's been good for me to go back. And when those situations have occurred, to go back and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And and now that's created a whole new way to, to have a new dynamic and a new start in the connection. Absolutely. And, you know, that's been the right thing to do. But that, you know, that was some of my learning curve mm-hmm. was like, OK, you don't have time for me. Right. I'm going to do it without you. And you're right. a punk. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but that yeah. that strategy has not served me right. well long term. My business partner calls it poking the bear. He's like, Jared, don't <laughs> poke the bear. So uh, thank you for not being a poke the bear kind of person. <laughs> no problem. Uh, like I have been, unfortunately, but I, I'm getting better at it. So we have two questions when we always close out with one sure. is uh People might want to connect with you or they should want to connect with you. Where can they do that? Yeah, the best place to find me is on Instagram at Lessons from a Quitter. Or you can find everything for the podcast at Mm -hmm. LessonsFromAQuitter.com. So you you can find my email and, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And they should and hopefully they will. And then, of course, we like to close out with final thoughts. Mm. Oh, this is, I guess, my final thoughts Again, going back to what the whole point of my podcast is, is as there's a reason things are cliche because because they're true. And I would just say that like my biggest cliche for me has just been like you get one shot at this life. And so make sure that it's something that you want to be doing. Amen. Well, I hope that you don't have to keep quitting. (laughs) That uh, that things blow up, whether it's ussies or whether it's online or whatever. But I'm excited for you. I'm proud of your ability to be brave and ask those questions and to put yourself out there and to make some painful changes that are uncomfortable. Maybe not painful, but uncomfortable. So uh, good on you. Good on your husband. Good on your family. And uh, yeah, we want to see you win. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) 